This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. What is going on? I'm Rob Fay. Welcome to your Wednesday edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 22nd day of September, and uh, yeah, it's officially over. Summer came, left, and for some of us, we got a little slice of it. For others, we kind of scratch our head as we look outside saying, really? We're there already? <laughs> Anyways, okay. We got a boatload of stuff to get to, as I say, almost every time you and I get together, but uh, we got a lot of golf and tennis. We're going to talk soccer on both sides of the ponds. And in addition to all of that, we will talk hockey today. Yes, I know that I like to diversify, but we cannot turn our back on one of those stories that I think, from my uh, humble perspective, is getting almost too much attention. So let me get you to that one story. And in this instance, I think it might be two, but let me get you to at least a story to start this show that rises above all the rest. It involves Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. Okay, so I'm going to start with the world of hockey, and yes, I'm even going to dabble into the world of the Vancouver Canucks at some point, but uh, it's not usually the way I start the show. I want to talk about all sports, but today, two stories. Well, really, one of them's a thought, and the other one is a story that I think we're going to have to track, but let me start with a thought that has to do with Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and the media that follows them around trying to find out when they're going to sign, how much they're going to sign for, how long they're going to be in Vancouver, how this affects the Vancouver Canucks organization, is Jim Benning a bumbling fool, all of the above. I am so weary and tired of trying to watch this unfold. To be honest with you, when they sign, they sign. Who cares? Like, am I wrong to say that we just sit here and it's completely oversaturated with just guesses and throwing mud at the wall and rumor and speculation? I don't get it, man. Like, I I think it's cool that in the cap era we can sit here and talk about numbers and term just for the simple fact that realistically in a capped era, fans can actually get involved in the math of it. Like, the science of the math of a cap era is a big deal. For fans, for media, I get it. But when you are calling the brother of the player that is involved with this contract negotiation, it's too much. And I'm not saying that it's moralistically wrong. It just doesn't serve any news value to me. Like, cool, Jack Hughes says that Quinn Hughes is going to sign his contract soon. And everybody, like rats on a ship, all of a sudden starts scurrying around looking for the next tidbit of information. I don't care whether you call and are in bed with the agents. I don't care if you sit there on social media and speculate. Do what you got to do. But for me, and this isn't even as a media guy. This is just as a fan. It's too much. The deal's going to get done. I'm not sure who's going to win. I'm not sure who's going to lose. I'm sure when uh, somebody says that they've got $5 million a year coming for the next three, four years, or $6 million or $7 million or $8 million, I don't think there's too many people that are going to lose sleep over that because that's a lot of money. It's more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime, probably yours as well. But it is the chase that makes me weary as a sports fan. 
Like there's so much speculation on social media and on podcasts and on blogs that to me it's just tiresome. Like I love the art of the deal. There's nothing that I enjoy more than seeing the navigation process between a team, an agent, and the represented player. But beyond that, oh, aren't you tired? Like, aren't you tired of following the bouncy ball wherever it may go? And the reason that I say this is because social media has gotten everybody involved in this process. You know, I thought about this the other night, just canceling my Twitter account, just getting off of social media. Now, I know that I can't because unfortunately, I need that tool. I need to tell my 8,000 plus people that have been kind enough to follow me to see what I'm talking about, to know when my shows are going on, to post certain shows, to do the stuff that realistically I need to pump stuff like this out. But man, maybe I just need to stop looking at what other people are saying. Because to me, it is just so tiring. Cool. They sign, great. They don't, great. Does it affect the Canucks? It's going to in one way, shape or form, but just let me know when it happens. I don't need to know that it's going to happen in seven days or three days or two days. I just want to know when there's actually news. And that to me is what I think we're getting to, is what is news in 2021? Before, you would have one or two journalists in the newspaper or on TV or dare we say on the radio that would be the voices of authority. They would let you know where things were at and damn it, you trusted them because they were the guy or the girl that was in the loop. But now, everybody speculates. And the stuff that comes out is, realistically, it's a guess. 99% of the stuff that you read on social media is a guess. And I'm not saying this like a negative guy, and I'm not trying to shoot down guys in the media that are trying to do this, but that's the truth. You know who knows where that contract agreement is? The general manager, the player, the agent, and maybe one or two guys in the media they're tapped into one of those three entities that I just talked about. Aside from that, everybody else doesn't know shit. Sorry, I don't know. Like, realistically, I was thinking about my show, The Nation, that uh, we did last year on YouTube, and I was thinking to myself, you know, season two is coming up, it's right around the corner. But what am I going to bring to the table? I mean, I'm not locked in with any Vancouver Canuck player. I'm not going to be a newsworthy source. If anything, I'll see what happens and I'll give you my opinion on it. But that's the problem, is I'm just one of a thousand opinions out there at this point. And that's not what I signed up for when I first got into this industry. I wanted to be an authority. I wanted to be a voice on something. And, you know, stepping away and focusing on minor league baseball for 14 years didn't help me when it came to the world of the Canucks. But I did learn a little bit about the industries. And even I don't think I should have a seat at the table right now. Because unless you're connected to, again, the agent, the player, or the organization, what do you know? Like, am I wrong to say that? I mean, hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Fay, R-O-B-E-F as in Frank A-I. Am I right to say that there is just too much information out there, be it right, be it wrong, it is just an overkill of assumption and just speculation, and it's just too much. It, it, it almost makes you tired. It almost makes you tired. And I just wonder if fans, aside from that 2% that get together on social media and, you know, follow each other and scratch each other's backs, if the general fan who peeks in every once in a while is just like, screw it, man, call me when something actually happens. I bet you that happens more than you think. All right, the other thing with regards to the NHL, and this one coming out from the Detroit Red Wings, Steve Eisman saying that uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is not vaccinated, and that means that he's expected to miss games in Canada. Now, I'm not going to make this a political thing, 
but I see how hard the NHL worked to resume games north of the 49th. They had the, what was it, the Scotiabank North Division last year, and now they're going to have every team coming through town, and away they go. That is a big step as it is for any organization that's bringing people across the border to play games or sports or anything. But here's the thing that I hope we don't buckle on. If you are not vaccinated to the standard of the provincial health officer's current rule book, then you don't get to play. I don't want to get into the vaccinated anti-vax, that's your choice. But your choice comes with a certain set of circumstances. And I know that the anti-vax crowd right now is feeling hard done by because, you know, what have they done wrong? But the reality is our country, our province is following the science and they're following the statistics that support the science. And they're simply saying that if you are not double vaccinated and if you don't have that proof that you don't get into venues across the lower mainland and the province of British Columbia. I understand the pressure that the health office in the province of British Columbia was facing when everything was closed. But now that you've at least reopened and have your standard in place, I really hope that they don't buckle. That the NHL, as big a power as they are, has to stay away from that. Like, if I'm the NHL, I don't press. If Tyler Bertuzzi doesn't want to get vaccinated, cool. There are just certain games that he cannot play in, in certain cities and in certain provinces. That's just the way that it is. And if it affects a team and they bitch and moan, let them bitch and moan. But there's no way that a player that isn't vaccinated to the standard that the rest of the people that live in this province should get a special pass just because he has a chest with a logo on it that happens to be affiliated with the NHL. You don't get in. And that goes for any sport. That goes for football. That goes for soccer. That goes for baseball. That goes for anything. It go Hell, it goes for my wrestling organization. If I bring in somebody that isn't up to the standard of the province that they're residing in, then they don't get in. I'm cool with it. Like, I don't book people if that's the case. So anyways, as you're starting to hear certain players who are coming forward saying that they're not vaccinated and that certain teams in Canada might benefit from not having that player on the opposing team's roster, tough shit. Like, at the end of the day, you have to draw your line in the sand. Bottom line is these organizations are having games in Canada, and now they're getting all of the teams instead of just the other six in Canada. They've been given a ton of rope and a ton of leash and a ton of trust by the federal government and the governments of British Columbia, Alberta, Ontario, Quebec, Manitoba. Had to think about that one for a second. <laughs> That's just the way that it is, and you're going to have to deal with it. All right, let's break here and focus on some of the other sports. we got a big week in the NFL coming up. The Whitecaps made a deal that I initially didn't understand, but now it's making a lot more sense to me as they try to free up some money which for certain organizations is a good thing. And the BC Lions are also doing pretty good this season. The question is, are you noticing? So let me get you into that one room where we house it all, man. We keep this one room away from everybody and just jam as much sports information as we can possibly fit into it. But now I'm going to get you to button up that shirt. Stand up straight, fella. I'm going to take you into the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time, so get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. Okay, so you know that I'd like to start in baseball because right now there are two races that are just too good to pass up on, so one of these games is already underway. 
We're bringing this to you in the early afternoon. Blue Jays and Tampa Rays in the rubber match of a series that we could see if Toronto can get into the postseason beyond the one-game play-in could take on the race, so this could be the proverbial stage setter. But before we get there, let's fast track backward and talk about the wild card race because I would say right now Toronto and New York are the two viable options to join the Boston Red Sox in that wild card scenario. Oakland and Seattle are both three games off the pace, but the fact that they got a leapfrog, not one but two teams to get in there, and they've only got about a week and a half to do it, that is a big ask from both Seattle and Oakland. So let's say Toronto and New York, one of these two teams are getting in. Had a conversation with somebody just the other day that they said, you know, they would love to have Boston, oh, pardon me, they being Major League Baseball and the television networks would love to have Boston and the Yankees because of what it is historically. But I also think right now that you've got to look at the Toronto Blue Jays as a pretty viable option and a sellable option to all of those places, even south of the border, when it comes to names like Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and Boba Shedden. When you think of the Blue Jays right now, it isn't just the other meat. I mean, yes, they don't have the cachet of the Yankees and the Red Sox. That goes without saying. But I don't necessarily think that it's a bad option for television companies and broadcasters if all of a sudden, instead of the Yankees, it was the Toronto Blue Jays that were taking on Boston in that one game play-in. Now, you look at the suspects that are already in, Tampa Bay, Houston, and the Chicago White Sox. Name one team there that in a seven-game series you legitimately don't feel that the Toronto Blue Jays could out-hit. I know. That's what I'm thinking. It actually seems to me that if Toronto can somehow fandangle their way into the postseason, and yes, it is going to be through the wild card, that they've got a good shot here. That if they can somehow find that way to get that bullpen firing at all cylinders, that they could probably hit their way past Chicago, probably past Houston, and Tampa Bay is going to be the tough one just because the calculators are always tough to beat. But right now, I think this could be the perfect storm for the Toronto Blue Jays if they can get into the postseason that they might be able to run the table and get to the World Series. Now, what's waiting for them in the National League? There's a lot of things going on right now. Looks like St. Louis is going to punch their ticket as the second wildcard team. Los Angeles with 97 wins is in. How about this, by the way? Los Angeles is going to get in. They're one of the two wildcards. They could finish the season with 100-plus wins and have to play that one-game play-in just to get to the true quote-unquote postseason. I mean, is that not unbelievable? You've got the CBA that's coming up, and i got to wonder if there's going to be some alterations to how this wild card looks or how these teams that do so well. I think it was, what, a couple of years ago when it was Atlanta, and they had like 102, 103 wins, and they got their toes stubbed. It just seems like, for instance, St. Louis with 81 wins, Los Angeles with 97 wins, and yet these two teams are going to be the ones that play for that one game to see who advances to the postseason. I mean, Los Angeles right now, the wild card, has 18 more wins than Atlanta does, and Atlanta is going to punch their ticket because they are the division leaders in the respective division. Los Angeles, 97 wins. It's unbelievable to me. They have the second best record in the National League, and they're going to have to fight for their lives in a one-game showdown, and it looks like it's going to be against St. Louis. Cincinnati and Philadelphia, four and four and a half games off the pace, respectively. It's going to be a wild final week and a half when it comes to Major League Baseball. All right, to the hardwood. Uh, we didn't do a show yesterday, so I do want to really quickly tip my cap to J.J. Redick, a great career in the NBA. He's a kid out of Duke that, you know, some people thought he might get to that final tier, but I think a good, serviceable player for more than a decade, 
um, and, and announcing his retirement from the NBA. Just a quick tip of the cap there. Now, a guy that right now is really feeling the spotlight in Philadelphia is Ben Simmons, who has not reported to camp, who says that he will never come back and play for the 76ers again, which obviously forces a hand of their general manager to try to make a move. But Doc Rivers says he wants the opportunity to convince Simmons to stay with the 76ers. Now, yes, in the postseason, Ben Simmons went cold, almost, some would say, cowardly. But Doc Rivers has been around the block. He knows what it takes to kind of get the most out of players. And you can say what you want about Doc, but I think that there is still room here for Ben Simmons to at least have that conversation with Doc Rivers. Hey, if he wants out, then you're going to do what you got to do. But I'd be curious to know, for an opposing team, the risk and the reward of Ben Simmons. Because I think he is still one of the league's elite players. If he can get past the mental block of whatever it is he's battling right now, there is still a really, really good player to be had. But you're getting a player that is damaged, that right now is frustrated, and has an organization that right now is probably still going to be asking for a monstrous return even though Ben Simmons says he does not want to play with them again. I don't know how this is going to go. I wonder if the Raptors, whose name swirled about, albeit briefly, in Ben Simmons, would be able to put a package together, and if Raptors fans would want a player like Ben Simmons. I mean, I think you would want a player like Ben Simmons, but you want the good Ben. You don't want the Ben that went ice cold and wouldn't take a shot when it counted down the stretch. Let's really quickly go to Brooklyn right now because there's some stories coming out of there. Sean Marks, their general manager, saying that some of their players unable to participate in their practices because of New York City's vaccine mandate, saying, quote, regardless if they could play today, I can't comment on who could play and so forth. There would obviously be a couple people missing from that picture. I won't get into who it is, but we feel confident that following several days before camp, everybody will eventually be allowed to participate and so forth. There is an order right now in the state of New York, which went into effect ooh, about a week ago, that states anybody over the age of 12 won't be allowed to enter certain covered premises inside their city, which includes Barclays Center and MSG, without providing proof of at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, unless there is an approved medical or religious exemption from them not doing so. Very similar to my thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks and to the NHL, if you don't have the proper documentation and you don't take the steps to get vaccinated, that's fine. That is totally your right to do. But with that decision comes certain opportunities that just aren't presented to you. And that's non-negotiable. Let me take you out to the golf course. United States and Europe getting ready to renew their Ryder Cup rivalry, and they're going to do it in Wisconsin, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, exactly. Steve Stricker and Padraig Harrington have finalized their teams and the U.S. team is loaded. Jim Furyk, Zach Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kopka, just to name a few. This is probably one of the deepest teams we've seen the U.S. field against Europe in the past decade. But let's just say the European team doesn't exactly have some pushovers as well. Graham McDowell, Luke Donald, John Rahm, who's as, as hot as anybody right now, Rory McIlroy, Paul Casey, Lee Westwood, Sergio. I mean, they have got a team that is very, very good as well. John Rahm, for me, I'm going to circle his name. I think he is as hot as a pistol right now. And if you get him in singles or to pairs, I just wouldn't want to go up against him in any of those many different looks that they will get on the golf course over the next couple of days.
All right, to the NFL, the QB index has come out for week three, and Tom Brady is still on top of the world at the tender age of 44. 22nd year in the NFL, and after the first couple of weeks of the season, he has picked up right where he has left off. He's got a 65.1 completion percentage. He's thrown for 655 yards, nine TDs, two interceptions, and yes, the Buccaneers are rolling. Patrick Mahomes in that number two slot, and he's been fantastic as well. Six TDs, just one interception. And in the number three spot is Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers, for me, had to come back and show well in week two, and he did just that. He's got a 67.3% completion rating. Uh, doesn't have the yards that Mahomes or Brady has, but he has 388 and got the Packers back on track. Russell Wilson is fourth. Lamar Jackson is fifth. And by the way, Justin Herbert with the Los Angeles Chargers at number six. The youngster He's doing so very well in his second season in Los Angeles. Some of the biggest drops this week. Josh Allen goes from number 5 down to number 10. Baker Mayfield down a couple of spots, now ranked 14th of all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And yes, we're going to do the guy that is pulling up the rear. Who do you think is the worst quarterback? Of all 32 in the NFL, it is the number one overall draft pick. Yes, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars struggling. Uh, he's got four touchdown passes this year, five interceptions, and he's got a 50% completion ratio. Uh, but I will say this. If you ever want to take a stat pack and let you know that that is not necessarily how it'll turn out, look at Peyton Manning's first year in the NFL. That's all I'll say. I'll let you do the dirty work there. And very quickly to Seahawks fans overall, they are the only team in the NFC West with a loss. Isn't that amazing? Arizona, the Rams, and 49ers all off the 2-0 starts. Coming off that crazy 33-30 loss in overtime to Tennessee. Uh, now they're getting ready to take on the Vikings in Minnesota. And then their first divisional game, they will take on the 49ers in San Francisco. The Thursday nighter tomorrow night sees the Panthers traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. Panthers off to a great start. They are 2-0 this season. Number one ranked defense in the entire NFL so far this season. The Panthers are 7-0 when allowing 21 points or fewer since the 2020 season. 0-11 when they allow 22 or more points. Let's really quickly go overseas. Right now, a lot of stuff going on on the pitch. You have Chelsea and Aston Villa today. The Wolves taking on Tottenham. That one is even at two as you're listening to this. Real Madrid leading Mallorca 1-0. And the big game today seen West Ham leading Man United 1-0. That one in the 65th minute of play. All right, into the MLS. Vancouver Whitecap fans looking up at a number of teams in the Western Conference right now. Vancouver with 30 points, three back of LAFC. And uh, yeah, some work to do if they're going to find their way into the second season. They're tied with San Jose for ninth. In the Eastern Conference, Toronto with a division-worst 18 points. Amazing. Canadian team struggling this year. The only one that is looking good thus far is Montreal. They've got 37 points that are starting to hang out with the big boys fifth overall in the Eastern Conference standings. Well, big news for BC Lions fans and especially the organization. Their upcoming game at home against Saskatchewan is sold out 
which I think is a really good sign for the BC Lions as fans are starting to come back and come back in droves. And a part of that is because they're playing very good football, 4-2, taking on the Rough Riders, who are also 4-2 this season. So the winner of this game is going to find themselves in sole possession of second place in the West behind Winnipeg. Uh, Mike Riley recognized yet again as the Canadian Football League's top performer for the second consecutive game and third time overall in his amazing 2021 campaign. Uh, Mike Riley recognized as the CFL's top performer of the week. All right, there it is. Short, sweet, straight to the point. This is Sports Bar Radio. I am Rob Fay. I want to say thank you to Jay Swing, my producer extraordinaire, brother from another mother. You're so great to me. appreciate you doing this for me each and every day. And to everybody over at Equity Guru, to Chris Perry, to Galen, Nassan, J.P. Chung, and the irreplaceable Priscilla Joy, I'm Rob Faye. Stop by any time, would you? We'd love to get you caught up in just a couple of minutes during your commute. Make sure that you know everything that's going on in the world of sports, more than just the Canucks, as I said to start this show. But uh, again, thank you for all the reviews and everything that you've done to keep this podcast amongst the top of all of those amazing Canadian podcasts that get reviewed on a daily basis. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you'll stop by as well. This has been Sports Bar Radio. I'm Rob Fay. Have yourself a wonderful afternoon. Sports Bar Radio was brought to you by Equity Guru, investment information for the new generation. Visit us at equity.guru and let's make some money together. Please note, any mention of companies on this podcast is part of a promotional campaign, and the information you hear should be a part of extensive due diligence. As well, always get advice from an accredited financial advisor before you make any investment decision. Protect yourself. This segment is brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's pioneering leaders in online esports tournaments, specializing in tools for league operators, tournament streaming, venue management, and community building. TGS has become a global leader in esports events, sponsorship, and production. With regular online tourneys for Fortnite, Rainbow Six, Call of Duty, Rocket League, and more, visit www.thegamingstadium.com to sign up and play. For investor information, check out the ticker symbol TGS.